Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Pod and Click podcast. We're all very excited to be here for the kickoff of our next other miniseries, Elizabeth and the Nancy Dudes. <laughs> there you go. I approve. Yes. I know John was very down on it last time, but then I told him if we ever have to sell merch, that's good for a best-selling T-shirt, and the money took over. Well, he never said that to me. Second, for the viewing audience, he put on a pair of sunglasses, which I don't believe we put out video of this podcast. So I don't truly know what the purpose of that was. It was for us. That's true. It was so we would react. Exactly. Yeah, my half chuckle. That I know, I'm that's sure. the problem is John chuckles under his breath. And somehow when I started dating you and married you, now I chuckle under my breath. It's like, I just want to laugh out loud again. It's not possible. What do I have to do? Hashtag let Elizabeth laugh. <laughs> not a laugh. <laughs> All right. So today we are covering Nancy Drew and the mystery at Blackthorn Manor. Is that how you say it? Isn't it the curse Black, of... <laughs> the the cur- curse of Blackmore Manor. I was... We're going to consider that close enough. It's pretty close. Will's not a true. That's like what is it like Brandy Snoot Cumberbun or whatever? People will know what you're saying. Exactly. So Nancy Drew was created in 1930 by Edward Stratemeyer, who was the initial creator of the Hardy Boys, as kind of a female alternative to try to sell more adventure books. And the books themselves were written by Carolyn Keene and a handful of other people throughout the years. And Nancy Drew, to me, is a very interesting case of, I think it's one of the few times the female spinoff eclipsed the male spinoff, or the male version a little bit. Because, like, what Hardy Boys material is circulating right now? There's a show on Hulu, I think. There is? Yeah, but they made one of the boys much older than the other boy. Which the whole thing. But I feel like I get what you mean, Will, like... Hardy Boys was big, but, like, Nancy Drew is more of a, like, a cultural icon, in a sense. Like, people can recognize a Nancy Drew character more than they would, like, recognize the Hardy Boys. I think Nancy Drew's more popular now. I mean, like, I feel like in recent years, I mean, Nancy Drew's gotten multiple movies, and, like, I know there's a CW show. (laughs) Which Which we will not get into. Controversial. The games. You know, I, I feel like I remember... Like, not, I don't personally remember people saying, like, back in, like, the 80s or something, the Hardy Boys were still pretty big. Like, they had some right. Disney show or something. There's, yeah, well, yeah, there's a pretty... Go. go ahead, Elizabeth. There's a pretty popular, like, Hardy Boys Nancy Drew show. I think it was actually a Nancy Drew show, though, where the Hardy Boys were pretty prominent. And that was, like, in maybe the 90s? Yeah. I don't know. We're, what we're saying is Nancy Drew's definitely more popular now. If we have some old, hardcore Hardy Boys fans, we're saying they were popular. Yes. Still probably They were popular. Are. Look, I've never read a Hardy Boys book. Maybe maybe the kids are reading them nowadays. Who knows? They're good. Yeah. So to address the Hardy Boys thing, and someone can tell me this is completely incorrect. This is just the information I found. Disney bought the television rights to the Hardy Boys back in the 50s, and they've kind of just always had them. So it's kind of like the Hulk, I think it's like the Hulk situation where they can show up in Nancy Drew things, but unless Mm. Disney is making it, a Hardy Boys show slash movie slash video game can't really happen. That's probably why it's on Hulu. That's true. 
You know, I think there's like one Hardy Boys mystery, but it's like a mobile game. Mm. And I wonder if there's a loophole there. That's it's actually like, possible. You, we couldn't make this for like any major, like any PC or Mac or like any major platform, but you could do it on like, no, it wasn't mobile. It was like DS or something. It was weird. Anyways. Well, we'll do a little more digging, but that's what I found. And I think one thing that's always been stand out about Nancy Drew, and hopefully I don't get attacked for saying this, uh, she was always solving mysteries you would believe the Hardy Boys would also solve. So it wasn't, you know, Nancy Drew's looking for the missing lipstick and the Hardy Boys are solving some haunted castle mystery. Yeah. Yes. So. All right. Yeah. So that, br oh, that brings us to Her Interactive, the developer of... Uh, well, they're mostly known for Nancy Drew games. They did a few Barbie games and stuff as well, and they bought the Nancy Drew IP because I guess it was relatively inexpensive, and they felt like that was a good barrier of entry to bring more girls into the gaming market, but it would also appeal to boys because they were dark, serious mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my first, to be fair, my first exposure to Nancy Drew was I got this, like, set of games for four games for girls and it was like horse game vet game like some other game and then curse of blackmore manor so that's partially why i chose this one because this is my first nancy drew game i think it's kind of funny that that was the one they put in the games for girls because it's a little dark but <laughs> hey well i got me into nancy drew true Although that is kind of how it always felt with the Nancy Drew games, where you would walk down the old PC gaming aisles they used to have, and like they'd have the little for girls section. It's always the Barbie adventure, Pretty Pony Land, and then suddenly there's all these Nancy Drew games with buildings burning in the background. It's, well, this is a bit of a 180. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, because this was, in fact, brought up in the Maid of Honor speech, I will let Elizabeth talk a bit about her history with... Nancy Drew. Oh, yes. Lauren brought it up in your Maid of Honor. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I've played all the Nancy Drew games that Her Interactive has put out. Um, yeah, uh, Her Interactive, please make more. I don't know what you're doing right now, but make more. They're, um, they're reeling after. They, they re, like, they redid the, I don't know, the engine they, or something, and it took them a while, and who knows what they're doing now. Anyways. Very good games. Like, I don't know, throughout my childhood, played them, played them with various friends, played them with my family. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. yeah, very enjoyable. Good part of my childhood. I don't know what else to say. Probably more will come out in the discussion. One can, yes. I thought you were going to say more games will come out in the future, and I was like, we can hope. <laughs> I'm checking to see if they've made any announcements. They yeah. The last one they made was called Midnight in Salem in 2019. Yes, that's the one that had the new, like, what is it called? Is it an engine? Engine, yeah, gaming yeah. engine. And the engine itself was fine. I don't know that it was a good game, but the engine was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I should have looked up footage of this because that would have made me a better podcast host. I'm guessing the changes that you didn't like had to do with how the story was structured or the puzzles. <laughs> Yeah, it's more just, like, I think they wanted you to be able to kind of, like, move around, like, the world to look a little better, like, when you're moving around in it and everything. Um, so, like, how you, I think how you moved was a little different, but it was, like, 
I mean, they could do whatever story they wanted with that engine. Yeah. So I, yeah. That's true. And there was a canceled Nancy Drew dossier called The Ship of Souls, I believe. Mm, Don't know when that got canceled, but. Yeah, the dossiers are interesting because they're like a little more. Almost like a, like a, like a finding, like where you'll just see a screen and then you have to find things in it. It's a little less like walking around and solving mystery and more. Well, you're solving a mystery, but anyways, we can play one of those at one point. Yes. So it's like in a Miles Edgeworth Investigations game. If I knew what that was, yes, probably. (laughs) Yes, so whenever we get to the Ace Attorney games, we'll talk about those. But, okay. So, I guess we'll move on to the game. Elizabeth, would you like to explain the plot as our resident uh, Nancy Drew expert? Yes, I would love to. So, you come to Blackmore Manor. You know, spooky old manor in the moors of England. Mm-hmm. You're walking up to the door. Scary ghost dog eyes appear in the bushes. You know, kind of terrifying. Um, basically, the whole plot is you get asked to come to this mansion to see what's going on with this, like, strangely sick lady who won't let you see her and like then there's all sorts of other weird stuff like noises in the night and like what's going on is there a werewolf here who knows (laughs) simultaneously finding many secret passages and whatnot but yeah i mean i don't want to spoil anything Mm -hmm. but that's the basic premise i guess yeah uh, I think it would be fair to say, if people are listening to this podcast, we're going to assume they played the game. If not, okay. it's available on Steam. We're going to give you five seconds to stop, and then, you know, from here on, spoilers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Eh. Spoiler time. So I guess the Pevensey, Pembelins, not Pevensey's, that's pretty funny, actually, though. Um, The Pembelins, like, have this secret meteorite or something, and for generations they're hiding it, but it doesn't really make sense how they're each doing a column, but we'll pass over that. But that's the whole thing, and then it was all Jane's fault, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, that's that's the plot. Always Jane's fault. So, uh, full di- full disclosure, I had a little bit of a hard time getting this to run on my computer. Oh, no. So, so I have a uh, Apple Silicone Mac, which we won't get into all the oh. tech stuff. So I had to get Parallels Desktop, which has been working fine, but I needed a certain chip. So I downloaded an emulator to emulate that chip, and the game ran for about an hour before crashing. So oh, no. So 90% of my play experience was watching a walkthrough on YouTube. I uh, see how it, it is, okay. Will. I see I, to how be fair, it is. You come and say that you finished the game and all you did was watch. To be fair, like the golden era of Nancy Drew, like all of those games only work on PC, truly. Like, I mean, my friend had a Mac and she would always have to like run Windows on the Mac and it was just always a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Especially with these new, and I won't talk too long about the setup, with the old Macs, you could, like, physically boot Windows. On the new Macs with the new chipset, you have to, like, do a virtual Windows, if that makes any sense. So certain things Uh, that would work on an old Mac don't work now. Gotcha. Yeah. So here's my thing, I think. Um, 
I just wanted to tell everyone that so they knew if I didn't seem to think the game was that hard, that's why. So Will's <laughs> not a senior detective, is what is what he's oh, trying to okay. say. Okay, shots fired. Pew pew. Um. So I thought this game was very good. I think the story is. I think it's interesting at times. I think there's some interesting twists. I think the main narrative is just kind of like, oh, what's the spooky stuff happening? But there is some, like, like the scene where uh, Jane and her <laughs> teacher are performing some weird ritual in the lobby of the house. Wild. You're like, what? But, you know, it's it's more about, like, one... So I shouldn't say the story is bad, because it's not bad. I didn't say it was bad before. What I should say is what's really more interesting is all, like, the subtextual stuff that I feel like kids may not read... Like, so, like, the stuff at the, like, when you actually find out all this family history. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Like, even the stuff the guy's researching and is, uh, yeah. the dude in the library is researching. Yeah. I feel like that's all very interesting stuff, but I don't know how much of a kid is necessarily going to read through all of that text stuff. So what I mean is I think all that stuff's super interesting, and that makes then that's what makes the story really good. I don't know if, like, necessarily the character interactions and, like, the individual events in the house are the most intriguing. I, I definitely see that. I feel like this game, out of... I mean, I'm, I'm judging this basically based on other Nancy Drew games, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. I just love Nancy Drew games in general, so, like, any Nancy Drew game is going to rank high with me, just yeah, in yeah. general. But compared to other games, this has maybe less like interesting character conversations and like like what you said, plot stuff. What it does have is really a lot of good puzzles. Good puzzles. Yes. And then it also has some good jump scares, which I actually totally forgot like half of them. I thought I remembered all the scary parts, but I think you triggered more than I even I, had. I triggered... Yeah, I mean... Because there were, like, more times you woke up in the night than I had in the past. There's a dream sequence, I think, near the very, very end that's very easy to miss. Like, there's no real reason to go to sleep by the time you actually, I think, trigger the dream sequence. So Nancy just goes around for a lot of time being like, I should go to bed. And then, like, after a few minutes, she's like, now it's probably bedtime. And if you go to bed, you have this really creepy dream sequence. Yeah. Where you see, like, a wolf come at its, like, eyes in the foyer room. Yeah. And I think it's just so happens to be there. Like, it's just, like, an interesting, intriguing event, which I don't mind. It kind of, like, adds something interesting to the game. I feel like the the writers of this game spent so much time world building in a good way. It's like Elden Ring or Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something like that, (laughs) where it's, like, the stories in the world building, and that's the interesting part of it. Like, come on. Don't you want to go down that secret, like, slide one more time? Now, did they ever, in any of the documents, did they explain the slide? No, I it doesn't they need explained a lot. Like they explained, like I added my own pillar to the. There's no puzzle. reasoning behind the slide. It just has to exist. It's just too fun. I would agree with that. Um, but the story is interesting. I mean, after a certain point, it kind of becomes clear it's the girl. I mean, like the three main. I guess the four main suspects are the tutor, yeah, Jane. Yeah. Uh, the housekeeper and the guy in the library. It's very clearly not the guy in the library once he runs away in fear from the statue turning around. Which, to be fair, is pretty late in the game. Yeah. 
But you also mentioned there's like some note from the the, person, yeah. the lady in the library in the, um, in the, the aunt, right? In the garden. Yeah, in the garden, sorry. And it's basically accusing her of like trying to steal like the family inheritance, but like we never confront her, which is the usual Nancy yeah. tactic. Well, like, yeah. We never talk to anyone about it. It just is there. Yeah, so in some of the games, well, that you actually can try to guess who the person is who oh, committed nice. it. Like in the Captive Curse. I mean, you can go up and accuse people in a lot of games and just annoy them. But remember in like the Captive Curse, like you confront the the creature. Yeah. And then and you're it's like, like you it, are, it's... I think you're, and then you could, yeah. And then you can guess who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. But, excuse me. Um, no, I think the story is, I think it's, it's really deep and engaging even of her personal interactions with people. There's also not less to call Ned about. Well, that's a lot of, a lot of games, Ned or Bess and George or the Hardy Boys are just there if you need help. Mm. Like you don't necessarily always need them. Gotcha. So they're a hint system, basically. Basically, yes. Yeah. So if you play a non-senior detective, supposedly it like tells you a lot more of what to do. Doesn't it have a checklist? Of, it like, has like, uh, well, yeah, it, it depends on the game. Some okay. games have checklists, even if you're senior detective. Mm. I think, I mean, the game, the, the actual puzzles are easier on junior detective. And yeah, there's some more hint systems. Yeah. I would say, so I guess we've talked about the story a little bit. I guess we should go on to the puzzles. Well, did, did I want to, I just wanted to bring up, I knew it was the girl from the get-go. And maybe it was just the old CG. That looks like a demon child. <laughs> like the moment she comes on screen, I'm like, it's her. Roll credits. Fair. Fair. She did not have the greatest character design, to be honest. She was like, they were clearly trying to be like, how do we create a child in this, in this right. game? And like, I don't want to make fun of old school CG for making something look creepy. But I feel like even in what year did this come out? Like 2006? I don't know. Sounds, sounds about like, right. Maybe that or a little earlier, probably. Right. Probably, around, let's say, around the early 2000s. I feel mm-hmm. like I would have been like, that's the bad guy. Like, it, not bad design. That's just the design signals demon child. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't quite go that far. It came out in 2004. Oh, wait. Yeah, it came out in 2004, and then it re-released in 2006. On DVD. <laughs> See, I do remember seeing those when, back when people thought, like, DVD games were going to be the next hot thing, and then mm. phones happened. Um, so, so here, so let's, going with her, I guess the one thing I could say that, not that I didn't enjoy about the game, and I like it in theory, and I actually liked some of it, were the board games you had to play with her. Oh, no, but that's just a gimmick to make you play games. I feel yeah, like my a lot of issue was, yeah. I think the one I disliked the most, and for some reason I played this one first, and you have to play it multiple times to get the glow sticks, is that weird, like, ma- like oh, Western match corn. game. Oh, are you talking about the, like, Aztec game? No, remember the Western one? She's like, I got this in Arizona. And mm. it's like, you match, like, the three, line up the three symbols, 
and it's just kind of slow. The Aztec ones also in, can be annoying because it takes so long, but you only have to play that one once. Probably the Western game, you only have to play that one once, but here's what you I'll also s- might have to play multiple times. Here's what I'll say. A lot of those games were based on chance, which was not necessarily yeah. a good idea. Like, they should have done a lot more strategy games because... It's fine to play a game or two that rely on chance, but when you have to play, like, three to yeah. get stuff from her, it's just a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, so there's a lot in this game I enjoyed, or at least in theory would have enjoyed if I had gotten it to work. <laughs> but um, but uh, the one thing I will say I always hate in games like these is when they make you like, all right, we're going to play a full game of checkers. I don't think they made you play checkers, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, this is clearly to pad out the game, and... And I get in, like, 2004, that might have been novel because you wouldn't have checkers on your phone. So I, I do also have to view it through that lens. Yeah, but, I mean, in other games, I think they handle it better because they'll have, like, one... In other games, they'll have... Like, so, for instance, I'm just going to pick, like, Trail of the Twister. They have this, like, land rush game. And you really only have to play it once or twice to get money. Uh-huh. But then you can just play it, like, ad nauseum if you want. So it's like, okay, you have to play it once, but then, like, if you actually enjoy it, you can play it more. I feel like this is, like, a little excessive. But, I mean, it depends on if you like the game. Like, you liked those games or not. Like, if you really liked them. Well, can you, like, (laughs) go back and play them from the main menu later? You mean in the other, in Trail of the Twister? Or at least in in this one. Like, when the game's over and you beat it, can you go to the menu and just access those? I don't think so. But it would be pretty quick, I think, to get now, to the girl. And an ask interesting her gimmick is actually in some of the future games, Nancy has like a cell phone, basically, which I guess she does in this one too. On the Nancy Drew phone note, it is interesting. Nancy, in a lot of ways, has always been a modern, ahead of her time character, shown in a 2004 book where she both was one of the first characters in a series to have a cell phone, who was a teenager, and drive a hybrid car. Way to go, Nancy. Let's go. I can't wait for the book where Nancy drives an electric car. <laughs> Maybe she already did. I don't know. Says the man who has ordered a Tesla. <laughs> that is not the point. But now I get to tweet from my car, so. <laughs> so here, that's a good one, Well, Thank you. Um, so this was around the time Elon Musk bought Twitter is what we were recording as a heads up. <laughs> this, is pro- this is coming out later, but. This is coming out uh, in like the middle of May, so. Yeah. So here, so here, onto like the puzzle in the game. I think even for an adult, a lot of these puzzles are, pre- it's pretty like good, like actual interesting uh, detective work. I will say this. Uh-oh. That, no, this isn't bad. I was making a lot of, I would say, random progression in the game just by like trying to find puzzles that I was like, I don't know how someone would find it. I feel like I got to the alchemy room super, super late in everything where I almost had everything I needed to do. Like I almost had every piece for the column puzzle. And like Mm. in, cause in the alchemy room, you find like journals that basically hint at everything you need to do. Like I think you're supposed to get into the you maybe I think you could get into the alchemy room a lot quicker than I'm giving it 
credit for necessarily. I think you can, but I think on my first run through, like, I think I got to it pretty late. Cause I remember thinking, oh, the maze puzzle was like so late in the game. But then we got there and I was like, wait, there's a ton of game left. Yeah. So I think like I got to it late too. I think that's kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably just well, flexible. My, my point being is there were some puzzles I'm like, I feel like this would be hard to necessarily conclude, like to get to some of the, I'm trying to think of some of the, like the ghost puzzle's pretty easy to find. It's not oh, like too, too tricky. Yeah. I think, um, I think the rainbow poem puzzle could be hard. Like it's like, oh. But that is so classic. They, they do that in a lot of Nancy Drew games where it's a poem and you're like, okay, this is a poem that refers to a bunch of objects. This is going to be a puzzle. Like, you just know. But m- my point being is the fact Wait, that... Wait, is- so this is I Spy Spooky Mansion vibes? <laughs> yeah. Some, some vibes. I'm sure. But the, the whole thing is that my point being is I would have maybe said some of it was hard to deduce necessarily... But because that's in there, I think I'm saying if a kid plays this and a kid could play not on Senior Detective, but the fact that that stuff is at the end. Now, whether a kid would actually necessarily see all these things at the end, I mean, we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but maybe I was just an idiot as a child and like didn't pick up on some of these (laughs) clues. But like, I feel I'm saying I think it's good they added those in and those journal things talking about like some of the specific places you could go. Now, you know what I agree with you on and what I think is a little unfair is that journal that looks super important and you use it for nothing. Oh, yeah. We tried to use that for every puzzle. Not every puzzle, but anything that looked vaguely like it. We tried to use it and it was like just there to confuse you. You're right. That was the worst part. (laughs) So do you know what we're talking about, Will? Yes, I do. What? That there's a journal that you get pretty early on that is not ever very clear on how to use. Like, I even noticed that in the walkthrough I was watching where, I wait, we've had this journal for a long time. When is it going to? Well, even more so, Nancy, to multiple characters, mentions there's a journal. Like, she mentions this journal looks important and says, like, in uh, I think to us, different people, like, there's this really, like, interesting, important journal. So you think, oh, this has to be something huge that you're going to use it for. And I think it kind of, like, represents, like, oh, maybe here's how you get the water and, like, certain, like, there's a few things that it does, but it's not even, like, necessarily that helpful. Yeah, that is the one, that's the one thing I'll concede with you on. I feel like other things, you at least know, okay, like, let's say the coat of arms. You're like, okay, this stuff is going to be relevant. Yeah. Like, a lot of the puzzle stuff, it's like, you can just stumble across it. That was just misleading. The, um, the, so the, here's the thing. It's important from a story beat that journal because it's yes. supposed to go to that world building whole thing where it's supposed to be like all this alchemy stuff. Yeah. But it's like so like let's say, you know, there you have to bring like the the water is you get it from like not from anything in that journal. You get it by like figuring out how to put them in that order. Mm-hmm. So you get the water, the oil they pour into the middle thing in the ritual. Um the wind guy is just from a thing, but you see the wind guy in the, in the, like, doing, like, the wind task in the book, and you're like, what is, what's the hint for this? And, like, oh, the symbols appear yeah. other places, too. Oh. Like, there were times I'm like, wait, this is, like, the symbol it's, like, saying. So it's, like, it's, it's all very confusing in some of that regard. 
Um, but I think the the only I think one that's especially hard, like you're very clear, like what do I do with this? Like you might not figure it out. Is the weird thing with the wand and like you get from Mercury, and then you have to go hit the large gargoyles and then the two small gargoyles mm, in the house. Oh yeah. But like the thing is, they I think say that in one of the journal entries. So it's not, like, in in the alchemy room. So it's not, like, the journal they're talking about. If you can't tell, there were a lot of journals in this game. <laughs> a lot of, like, informative journal stuff. Mm-hmm. This is why John always hated journaling. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like... I feel like maybe they could have said, like, this seems important for, like... For, like, what, like, the, like... Some like I you don't want to say this seems important to the plot and like but like I don't know if there's any I, like she could have said something like I don't know if I'm gonna solve any mystery like any of the clues with this but this seems important yeah I don't know because it does every time we were stuck on something we were like does it fit and we would like look through all the pages yeah and, I had like, like pictures of it on my like taken pictures of it on my phone and we would like flip through it every time we saw a new puzzle <laughs> it was a problem. <laughs> Yeah, but oh. I do think I do think the puzzles are very good. I think right, it's it's a lot of stuff that it's not it's not spelled out for you, but I think a lot of it makes sense. I mean, this compares to Grim Fandango last week, where like I feel like as you go more and more along in the game, you get what it's trying to some of the things they're trying to do in Nancy Drew. You get that to some extent in Grim Fandango too, but I think there's just some things where you're like, well, this is what I with Grim Fandango, it's more like, well, here's what I can interact with and do right now. And it may be more purely like imaginative in Grim Fandango, but I think in here in terms of, like, someone actually is trying to set up a very interesting, like, l- puzzle in this case. Like, yeah. in the world itself. Well, you know, I think part of it is, like, you have only played, like, what? Four. Four. You've played four. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, there was that stairs game where you go up the stairs and each stair makes a different so- nah, noise. And then at the top of the stairs, there's these levers that make the noises. Yeah. And I'm, like... And then John goes up the stairs, hits the levers, goes back down, walks around for, like, a while. And I'm like, John, you do realize that, like, you have to make the noises in the no- in the order that you go up the stairs, right? Like, that's just how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that it's like, okay, from playing Nancy Drew games, that's yeah. a puzzle they would do. Yeah. So I think part of it is just getting used to the right, and that's any logic of the game. game. To some yeah. yeah. It's just figuring out... How are these people who are making this game thinking about the puzzles? Yeah. yeah. And it's and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying No, I think, I, I I don't think you're saying that. What's interesting to me that I think they do really well is they act it feels like they made a game where it's you know, Grim Fandango is like your character in a world where the characters aren't necessarily trying to make puzzles. Like, they're not actually purely trying to, like, go around and, like, let's create an interesting thing. Like, the char- like Manny and Grim Fandango isn't, like, being like, oh, how did, like, Meche set up this? Yeah. How did Meche set up this puzzle that I need to solve? Where Nancy Drew, what's impressive, especially about this game, I can't 
clearly remember the other game to say how I felt about it. But how I feel about this one is it feels like someone in that world, which is the point of the game, set up these mysteries really well. So Mm -hmm. it's like all very stuff like they want you to try to figure it out based upon the stuff that's there. And I think that's very impressive that they were able to capture that feel. Mm. Elizabeth? Yeah, what I'd like to know, actually, I'd like to ask both of you a question. And, (laughs) Will, you may have to answer this based on the the hour of of gameplay before yours crashed. But compared to other adventure games that you have played, either for this podcast or, or not... Like, how does this compare? And, like, I, I'm just interested to hear, like, what you thought of, like, the gameplay and and all of that. So, I agree. I only played an hour. Um, I think the gameplay is very good. It's very intuitive. And I know I watched a walkthrough where clearly the person knew how to solve all the puzzles. But when I thought about them, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's nothing that is so left field difficult that it's going to feel like I I didn't even know how I would have thought to get to that point. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it all makes, like John said, it all makes sense within the world they built. You don't have to like left brain do anything. Mm -hmm. I, I quite like the gameplay, right? It, it feels all very much like, okay, this makes sense. And again, anything that I would say is like leaning away from that, you can kind of figure it out with the stuff at the end. Like, mm-hmm. you can figure out with some of the pages at the end. Yeah. Which I think is is good for some of the stuff that could be considered left. And even some of the left field stuff, you still have to, like, figure it out. I would say the thing is, it is hard, I would say, at times. Mm-hmm. I yes. think it yes. can be hard to figure it out. I would say that the I think if it's an interesting enough world and I'm interested in how it's all going to play out, I think it's worth it. So here's the best example. I think this is probably the best of the Nancy Drews I've played. Mm-hmm. So I would far. agree with that. Um, of the ones you've played. Yeah, of the ones I've played. I think my issue is that... So, like, this game, I'm invested in the story. It's an interesting... You're in this old house. You're interested in how it's all going. And, like, what's what's going on? Who set up these puzzles? It's very interesting. Another one that I've played is Danger by Design. <laughs> and I was not invested... And what was going on in that narrative at all? Yeah, I think I had you play that because I just loved the France vibes, but I didn't really remember the mystery. And then we got to the end, and you were like, "What?" Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's it's kind of invert. So like like so it kind of depends on that. I would say that I in I'm just referencing Grimfandango because it's what we played last week. Purely, like, because I feel like the puzzles feel sometimes more achievable, I preferred this, but I think, but then, like, it's it kind of sometimes, like, the harder the puzzles are, it depends on, like, the aesthetic of the world. So, like, Grim Fandango was great to me because of the aesthetic and the, yeah. and the story and the yeah. world and the characters. And so that made me put up more with some puzzles I felt like this is kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Well, this game, I think it's it's still hard puzzles. It's hard puzzles I prefer a little more, but it definitely helps that it's also like a like a puzzle box I want to open. Yeah, that's that's what is the difference for me. I think is I mean I mean it's intuitive versus not intuitive puzzles, but mm-hmm. like you said, that fits with the vibe of Grim Fandango. But like to me, I actually love all of the like like physical puzzle like 
like you're actually putting together a puzzle or you're playing a little game. Like I think all of that adds to the like, wow, I really like succeeded in something mm-hmm. versus oh, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of the other like, I don't know, other ones, it's like, oh, I have to put this item with this item. And that's like a puzzle in a sense, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as satisfying. It's kind of like, oh, this random thing fixed everything. So let me let me ask you a couple things. Um, what was your favorite puzzle in this game as the Nancy Drew expert? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> sounds really... No, that's not really my favorite puzzle. I was going to say I really enjoy the little ghosts, but I feel like that's just because they're cute. <laughs> um, oh... Remind me of some of the puzzles. Um, and well, you can you can cut through this too. If that's easier. Oh, for don't some, worry. If we don't want too much dead dead air. Okay. I'm no, gonna, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying. If, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, some of the puzzles. There is the maze. Um, the maze kind of annoyed me. The, the there is the making the fire, like actually lighting it. There is the um. The arc above the door. There is the some of the dragon key, like the dragon hand stuff, and like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in like the basement and everything. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the like poem puzzle is fun. Okay. Because it's just like you have to pick it out. I think it's hard because you really played the yeah, game. Yeah, that's fair. I should be the one answering that because, question. Because, you know, you had never played it before, so I let you play it. <laughs> yeah. And I only played for a little bit, so that's hard. I feel like it's... I do think I kind of like the alchemy puzzle where, like, you're in that little thing and to open the door to the alchemy lab, you have to make all those different serums oh yeah i helped you a lot with that (laughs) well yeah you did help me with that one no it was fun and then favorite nancy death in this game (laughs) oh well that's easy when she gets eaten by the plant (laughs) did you did they show that in the walkthrough well they did not so nancy can die in this game yes well multiple times die or so the second chance is like a would you say a gimmick? Like it's a thing that happens. It's a trope in Nancy Drew games where like you can die and it's like usually a funny death and then you like get a second chance. Die or like you get fired. Yeah. So in this game, the three I can remember are Nancy gets eaten by that plant if you press, if you click it's on like it. Like a giant carnivorous like, like bowl plant. Um, Nancy can get fired for waking up the maid in the middle of the night. Which oh, is that's a- good. And then Nancy can also get trapped in the trap that the little girl falls into in the end if you don't get out of the way quick enough. There's no contest. It's the plant. It's the plant, yeah. So let me guess. There are people who say if you die, you have to start completely over, like those uh, Fire Emblem people who insist on permadeath. You know, I don't think so, because I think mostly it's just a joke. Like, in future games, they have second chances where it's, like, the good news and then the bad news. So it'll be like a joke when you do it. Like, no. oh, like you got eaten. Like you, you, you're a really, you're a really adventurous like beekeeper. Like the good news. And then they're like the bad news. You, you just got killed by bees or whatever. Like, uh, okay, I wasn't sure how yeah. seriously the game played them. So, mm-hmm. I know I'm surprised. I haven't heard people like complaining about them, which is surprising. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does anyone have any final thoughts? I thought it was a good, enjoyable story, and if I had been able to play the game, it looked like fun. Oh. Hmm. You'll become a senior detective one day, Will. We'll just have to play a more a newer one that will actually work on Mac. Or I'll just go to the church and use one of their old PCs in the computer room. There you go. We'll install Nancy. Some kid starts playing Nancy Drew on the church computer during Sunday school. Like, why is this about ghosts and werewolves? Shut it down. <laughs> Where did Tom get that hammer? So, how would we rate it? So, after some discussions regarding uh, my my inability <laughs> to give a good score for Grim Fandango, let match my discussion of the game, we are introducing a new score system where the top category is, which we consider uh, a great game, is Great Adventure. Category two is worth a click. Then three is uh, uh, miss point, um, which basically means very close, kind of average. It was almost there, just not quite there. And then uh, escape pod, uh, get out. And the joke is it's like pod, as in podcast. As in pod and clip. I thought which we had a... Get out, it's not good. I thought we had a fifth one. No, we just did the fourth. Oh, okay. Well... I'm going to say this is an excellent adventure, I think. Great adventure, Okay, Will. I think excellent Great. is better. Okay. You're right. Excellent, we, dude. We're going to get stuck in the semantics of this, aren't we? Yeah. Hey, Elizabeth, what would you rate it? No surprise. A great adventure. Now, here's what I'll also say. Like, I love Nancy Drew, so I'd probably rate all of... Well, I'd First. rate a lot of them a great adventure. But... I like gained respect for this game yeah. after playing it again because it did really have good puzzles. Actually, had a surprising amount of like scary points, which a lot of Nancy Drew games try to be scary, but it's really just the ambiance is scary and nothing happens. This game had a lot that happens to like try to scare you, which oh, yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. So I, I, I would also, also I would also add to that, Elizabeth. It's just a good functioning spooky house narrative like some of mm-hmm. uh, sometimes a game like that can feel dragged out and even though this game has a lot of side tangents it never feels like we're going so far away from what's going on where it's like can we please get back to what we came here to do yeah exactly all right go ahead john i would also say it's an excellent adventure although i still hold great adventure uh. <laughs> um but no i think it's very good um, you know, I've played some Nancy Drews, not all of them. I would say this is the best one. I don't know if I would rate all the ones I've played as Great Adventure or Excellent Adventure. So I have to get used to the change. Um, you can call it whatever type of adventure you want. We can say either one. I'm sure no one will notice. Um, but yeah, I, I've talked about it and I think it's it's very good. All right. So that wraps up this first episode of Elizabeth and the Nancy Dudes. So we've talked about one. been holding those sunglasses (laughs) for the whole podcast, waiting to put them back on again. So so we've talked about one of the girl bosses of Point and Click Adventures, and now we're going to talk about another. And which one? Well, do it, Bernice. Yeah. Well, she sneaks around the world from <laughs> Kiev 
to Carolina. Okay, so uh, that's the podcast for this week. I'm John. This is Elizabeth and Will's very poorly trying to sing. Uh, we'll see you next time. Wait, did you say everything? Yeah. What did you... I think it's pretty funny. Okay, so... Yes, it's Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? It's the one on Steam. Or Treasures of Knowledge, if you happen to have a Carmen Sandiego collection. We'll see you next time.